Before you consume this episode, I have to let you know, when we say it's spicy, we mean it. This is the hottest podcast on the market at 6 million Scoville heat units, and we cannot be held liable if you end up getting hurt. Well, you still want to try it for yourself. Don't say I didn't warn you. This is Secret Ingredients with your host, Kate Irick. Spiciness is a fascinating concept in food, because it's not a flavor on its own, but it also isn't a scent on its own. Spicy food, which is referred to as pungent by sensory and food scientists, creates a feeling. Some report that this feeling is generally good, and that it makes food even better and adds to the experience, while others physically are incapable of eating it without feeling immense pain. Among those that like the feeling of spicy food, there's a big discrepancy between people as to how much spice is enough. What could be different between that hot sauce eater and the person who can't even eat a stuffed bell pepper? I do think food tastes better when it's spicy. I have um, a friend from back home in Chicago who thinks ketchup is too spicy. I think the type of food that they ate growing up is a big factor. There's a wide variation in whether or not my friends like spicy food, but within my family, there's like polar opposites of people who love it and people who hate it. My mom hates spicy food, and she never made it for us growing up. But my brother's a big fan. Uh, I think we have college to hold responsible for that. I'm Caroline, and I do like spicy food, just in small amounts. Between my friends and I, it's my friends that really love it, while I'm just more mild about it. Probably the tolerance they have to spicy food. I love spicy foods and I like it moderately spicy. My mom and I love spicy food. Uh, my sister is allergic and my best friend loves crazy spicy foods. I think it's um, a matter of culture, especially. If you have a lot of spicy foods in your culture, you're more likely to bear the pain of eating it, I would say and also just if you're genetically inclined to be able to handle it. I don't like spicy food. <laughs> kind of the cooking style of your parents. If your parents eat spicy food, you probably will eat some spicy food. I also love spicy food. So my opinion is that people who eat spicy food can tolerate more like pain and stuff like that. So maybe people who don't eat spicy that food can <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't tolerate. I think it's probably like everything else, it's a combination of genes and the environment. Before we get into why some people enjoy it and why other people don't, let's explain what exactly spiciness is. Spiciness is an example of chemisthesis, which is the fancy word for when we sense a chemical in a way that's not taste or smell. In general, chemisthesis is something that we can associate with taste because it often happens when we eat food, but it's separate from taste buds. And instead of giving us a flavor profile, it gives us a sensation. It's chemisthesis that gives menthol and mint that cool feeling in your mouth and throat, carbonated drinks that fuzzy feeling, and of course the hot, painful feeling of spicy or pungent food. There are many compounds that are considered pungent in our food, 
including the sinus-blowing feeling of allelisothiocyanate, which is the thing that makes wasabi and horseradish tough to eat for some, that gentle tingling sensation of piperine, which you get from black pepper, the sting of allicin and garlic, and the sweet burn of gingerol from ginger. The spicy that we're talking about today, though, is the classic, found in a huge number of global cuisines, signified on our menus with varying numbers of cartoon chili peppers. It's our dear friend, capsaicin. Now, odds are you've actually heard of capsaicin before. It's a interesting compound that makes for a fun pop science article, something that you can spring on your friends, or something that you talk about, like caffeine or melatonin. You've may have heard of it in the context of Scoville units or special hot sauces or, in some cases, scientific research. Yes, it's a fascinating molecule, so I'm teaching it in bio too, actually, in uh, how to block depolarization and the transmission of uh, impasses in the nervous system. And there's a fascinating study where they looked at capsaicin in complex with the ion channel that it binds to. So it's a structural biology paper. I love that. The sensation of capsaicin comes from triggering of a certain receptor called the transient receptor potential cation channel subfamily V member 1, or the TRPV1 protein. We'll just call it TRPV1. Now, TRPV1 is mostly involved in the peripheral senses as a way to sense pain, but it's also found in the central nervous system and also seems to have a role in the hippocampus, which encodes long-term memory. Now, in our sensory system, TRPV1 mostly works to help us detect and regulate body temperature by sensing temperatures above 43 degrees Celsius or 109 degrees Fahrenheit. It does this that way we can avoid those temperatures, so it gives us a pain sensation so that way we will pull our hand away from that oven or pull that chili pepper out of our mouth. Now, in the case of the chili pepper, it's not the heat that is triggering the TRPV1. It is a chemical, because there are some chemicals that will also trigger this protein. This includes certain acids, allelisothiocyanate, the thing in wasabi, and, of course, capsaicin. Now, knowing that you're not actually hurting your mouth is comforting, but where does this leave this difference? Does this mean that people that don't like spicy food are irrational somehow, or is it that... The people who do like it just enjoy pain, or is there some difference in the way that these receptors work between one person and another? I decided that I needed to speak to an expert, and who better to talk to than the maker of New York's spiciest food? I approached the Brick Lane Curry House in downtown Manhattan. It's awning advertising the real curry, and the aroma around it certainly seeming to back up that claim. I come into the restaurant, and I'm greeted by friendly staff. I sit down at a table, and as I wait, I see people smiling and laughing and hollering, and I find out that a friend at their table had been served a bowl of thal. One person stands to photograph it, and they comment that it seems to be like just like the other curries. The smell wafts through the entire restaurant, a delicious, fragrant curry just like any of the others in Brick Lane. The classy Indian ambiance and the amicable staff add to the excitement as the restaurant goers look at the fall and excitedly prepare to eat a bowl of some of New York's most painful food. Um, so I'm, I'm Sati Sharma, I'm the, the partner, chef partner of the Brick Lane Curry House in New York and New Jersey. 
Uh, we're on, on uh, this is the East Village location that's on uh, 2nd Avenue between East 4th and East 5th Street. The infamous file, as we call it. So, so the file in London, in England, is any curry with just chili powder in it. So they just put some some paprika, some chili powder, heat it up. Yeah. The whole the whole logic behind the file was. It's. I grew up in India. I don't think I've I've heard of the file or had the file in India at all. It's something that was invented in in, in England. Yeah. And after researching it for a little bit, I realized that uh, it was more to do with you know you go out to drink, heavy night of drinking, let's have something spicy to get back into our senses. <laughs> 10, 10, 15 guys go to get a curry and they've got to have one person who's going to be the sacrificial goat, who's going to be, you know, saying that I can have a lot more spice that you, than you people can. So he's the, the designated guinea pig who's given the fowl to finish. <laughs> and if he finishes it, you know, he gets bragging rights. And so that's the whole, the whole fun or the whole concept of the fowl in England. When, when I was going around the curry houses in England with my partner Ajit, I said, well, if you've got to do it, you might as well do it right. So at, back then, the spiciest chili in the world were the habaneros. So I got my hands onto the habanero. We made our own concoction, our own curry, and made it the spiciest curry you know, in the world. We are certain it's the spiciest curry in the world because I know what goes in it. Uh, <laughs> I've tweaked the formula over the years. After the habaneros came the ghost chili, so we incorporated the ghost. And then after the ghost came the, the, the reaper. So right now we have the Catalina reaper in it. Oh, wow. So just to put it in perspective, uh, on the Scoville unit, which is the, the, the way you measure heat, uh, Tabasco is at about 1,500 on the Scoville unit, and the reaper is at about 2.5 or 2.7 million. Yeah. So it's insanely hot. So I, I went and I tried doing my research and finding out that what's the logic behind fal, 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 whatever. So, you know, in, in that native language of, of East India, you know, which is, which is Bengali or Bangla, uh, chilies are called jal. So the only sensible, you know, uh, explanation is that they wanted to put something with jal on the menu. Instead of just calling it, you know, jal, they gave it the name fal and... It's sort of rhyming. There's no other connection with India. <laughs> I've done my research. No part of India has the fowl. This is something that was invented in England by the Bengalis, and that's why they called it the fowl. <laughs> See, one thing in common with almost everybody who finished it, and there are some people who are just completely insane, they come and do it all the time. And uh, I, I feel, scientifically, you know, it releases the endorphins, so it's, it's a high, it's a rush, it's a happy feeling. They, they're incorporating this, you know, to get that high. You know, it's like any other any other high, I would say, that, you know. <laughs> I feel bad for the poor guy. I do too, but I'm not going to tell him that. <laughs> oh, neither am I. <laughs> I'm going to buck him up. I've got to buck him up, I've got to cheer him, I know what he's going through, poor chap. The repeated activation of TRPV1 actually leads to a desensitization, where the nerve endings start giving weaker and weaker responses to the brain. Scientists actually think that this is why capsaicin will actually kill pain after you eat it for a while. It's also why you might start feeling tingly or even numb after you've eaten a whole bag of hot chips or sat down for that extra hot curry. 
so I was wondering while I'm trying it, so are there any like safety concerns you have to have while preparing this? And while you do that, I will <laughs> give it a shot. The chef needs to put a gas mask when he's preparing it, the raw part. So we try to do it in a bigger batch. That's a lot. Oh. That's also a lot, but it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Does that look yeah, a little yeah, better? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> All the best. It is a curry. It has taste. It has flavor. It has depth. It has spice. And you're changing color. Yes. <laughs> so we have to, you know, maintain the integrity of a, of a curry. Uh, you know, it's a sauce. It has to still taste good. So people who finish it, uh, you know, all the time, they, they tell us it's delicious, it's tasty. We have this young kid, um, you know, he comes in and he's like, I think last time I had it with prawns, I'll have it with chicken today. And he probably has a dozen certificates already. He's, he's insane. Repeated activation also leads to a less of a response the next time that you eat food, not just while you're eating this. So this idea that your culture could have something to do with how much you like spicy food is actually partially true. Because if you're given spicy food when you're young, you get used to it over time, and eventually you'll enjoy it more just because it's not quite so painful of a sensation when you eat it. The man who eats the Brick Lane Fall Curry dozens of times might have struggled through it the first few times, but at a certain point it starts getting less and less hot until it's just that enjoyable tingling sensation that a normal person might get from sriracha or something similar. The one thing in common when it comes to the fall, for example, you know, just behind us, you see that table, it's about six, seven, eight people, right? It's seven people having fun at the expense of that one poor chap <laughs> who probably was, was saying that he can finish it and now yeah. he's, he's stuck. He has, you know, <laughs> he's probably going to remember me for the rest of his life. I know that for sure. So as it turns out, the only way to get better with heat is to face it yourself. You could go on your own pilgrimage to Brick Lane and try Satie's sadistic curry, or you could heed his advice. Uh, so do you have any like closing comments or anything you want to add or anything that's been on your mind? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my comment all the time. Don't do it. This has been Secret Ingredients, a WNYU production. I would like to give a special thanks to Sati and everybody else at the Brickling Curry House for coming onto the show. I would also like to give a thank you to my willing consumers, including Allie and Dr. Stein, for helping with this episode. I'll see you next time when we add another ingredient to the list.